to Misinformation, the podcast for ladies who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at pub quiz. Damn right, Julia. I'm Lauren, and that's Julia and I'm that Julia. I just talked to. <laughs> yep, we're your I keep hosts. messing this up. I'm so sorry. Um, so our last talk that you provided for us, Julia, was Prohibition, and we drank sure. wine during it because... It's a good theme. It's a great theme, and I, I if if I know anything about myself... It's that I love themed foods. So today I brought us, Ooh. what I was going to do was I was going to make half moon cookies or black and white cookies. As they call them everywhere else except, except for, for Rochester. Yeah. So I was going to make them. Um, I found a recipe on Pinterest and <laughs> my super secret. This is not an ad. This is not an ad. I did not get paid by Pinterest. And uh, so I did not, I did not get a chance to make the moon cookies. So I said, mm. I'll stop at Wegmans. Greatest grocery store, don't at me. And uh, I'll find us some half moon cookies. But instead, I found these sugar cookies that were rocket ships. Ooh. And it was so perfect. Yay. And I actually, I stood in front of the cookie case and I went, oh my God, rocket ships. And there were at least like two people, not near me, near, but like definitely close within. Enough. Yeah. Hear, to the hearing range. Yes. Within earshot. A 30 year old woman. <laughs> sweaty. Yeah. I had just gotten back from the gym. I look like ass, just losing her mind over rocket ship sugar cookies. So you're saying uh, half moon cookies. Yes. And now you're saying rocket ship Rocket ship cookies. cookies. I wonder what we could be talking oh, about Julia. today. And what else could we t- be talking about except the greatest of the NASA programs, don't at me, the Apollo missions, or what I like to call the Apollo program, or dads in space how excited are you for this i can't even express how excited i am to hear about dads in space it's so good while i was doing research on this and thank you very much to wikipedia everyone donate to wikipedia three dollars this week three dollars this week um for giving me all this information and also the NASA website, which is also has a very easy to use interface. So for FYI. civilians, for civilians who want to know more about space, exactly. People who do not work for JPL can access the NASA website. Just so, like that. Your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, um, the reason why I called it dads in space is because the more I did research on this is that NASA, at least in the past <laughs> during these space programs, we're just a bunch of dads. They're just a bu- they. So, so I actually have a little chart on the back of my mm. notes here. It says, "How are astronauts like dads?" Okay, okay. They are patriotic. They are family oriented, as you'll see in my presentation. <clears throat> they are mischievous. Ooh, yeah, I know my dad is. They can be stoic. Oh, sure. And they are brave. That those are all the qualities of dads. Yes, I mean most dads. Good dads, and they wore white tennis shoes, I presume. Oh yeah, all the time. I think that's, I think that's, that's given the by the government. They the have to use that. So the Apollo program, and there were okay. many other space programs. There was the Gemini program, mm-hmm. which they called Gemini for some reason. Why? Well, I think like in the fifties, you know how they used to call them robots instead of robots. Okay. I think there was something like we weren't forming our <laughs> regional accent yet, and so they called it. Gemini and they called it robots which oh here's a fun fact robot the word robot Mm -hmm. was first used in a Czech play I believe yes called R-U-R which is about robots I think 
when in terming in like reference to humanoid android-ish sure. machines wow yeah so there was uh gemini there was mercury program there was skylab i've heard of some of these yes i i'm sure you have you went to public school i imagine <laughs> imagine <laughs> i mean i don't know your life so so, so i we just met um so the apollo <laughs> how are you my name is lauren so the apollo program was conceived during the eisenhower administration in the in early 1960 as a follow-up to project mercury which was I like ike yeah i mean who doesn't like ike a silent nope that was silent kale <laughs> sorry all right you're gonna have to ike teach was likable <laughs> he was yeah, everybody liked Ike. You're gonna have to teach me about presidents again. Sorry. <laughs> so Project Mercury was when they um, sent a guy into orbit and they like spun around the Earth and whatever. Boring. So while <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> while the Mercury capsule could only support one astronaut on a limited Earth orbital mission, Apollo would carry three astronauts. And possible missions that they had planned included ferrying crews to a space station, mm-hmm. circumlunar flights. Ooh, meaning flying around the moon? Flying around the moon. Very good. An eventual manned lunar landing. So landing on the moon. The program, this is interesting. The program was named after the Greek god of light, music, and the sun, Apollo, Mm -hmm. by NASA manager Abe Silverstein, who later said that, quote, I was naming the spacecraft like I'd name my baby, unquote. Uh, Silverstein chose the name at home one evening, early 1960, because he felt, quote, Apollo riding his chariot across the sun was appropriate to the grand scale of the proposed program. That's a beautiful visual, but I'm just trying to picture like Apollo Silverstein. (laughs) like That's his son. Writing his name on his papers in school. Just made fun of. By all the Michaels and Thomases. Yes. So, so the other thing I discovered, aside from the fact that astronauts are like dads, or I should say NASA, you know, staff are like dads, is that um, scientists are very poetic. Oh, they were just, oh, they have the souls of poets. It's beautiful. Oh, you don't, you really don't associate no, that these You really days. don't. You think very like, brr, numbers, brr. but. Let me get poets. out my protractor. Exactly. And my pocket protector. Oh, pens. No, pencils oh, I only. I have to tape my glasses back together now. <laughs> Nerds. So, <laughs> so, as you may, I was going to say remember, because you're eternal. On May 25th, 1961, President John F. Kennedy stood before a special joint, section of, joint session of Congress and announced that the United States should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, my heart is full of stars and stripes right now. We don't get right any now. speeches like that anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry. In the years that followed, the, his challenge became the central mission of NASA's Apollo program, which succeeded in landing astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the lunar surface in July 1969. Ten other astronauts later followed in their st- footsteps, and by the time Apollo ended in 1972... A total of 24 men had journeyed to the moon and 12 had set foot upon it. Mm. So let's start from the beginning. So Apollo's moon missions were, oh, this is a little information, some Mm. numbers for you. The moon mission was one of the most expansive government initiatives in American history. During its peak years, some 34,000 NASA employees and 375,000 outside contractors took part in the program. And budget estimates vary, but in 2008, the Congressional Research Service put Apollo's inflation-adjusted costs at $98 billion. Oh, my gosh. Several times more expensive than the Manhattan Project <laughs> uh-huh. 
and the equivalent of almost $500 for every man, woman, and child living in the United States in 1969. Wow. Also, um, Playtex, the, the bra company, the bra and girdle company, as Wikipedia said, uh, actually won the contract to build the astronaut spacesuits. And it was actually, I know, isn't that interesting? I know that. And actually, it was their industrial latex division, but still. Um, and soon after, the uh, that industrial latex division split off from the main company and is now called ILC Dover, which actually still provides the space suits, wow. safe space suits for NASA. So you can cross your heart for 24 hours. Exactly. Or go to space go to space same plant absolutely <laughs> same plant don't mix them up though that's really bad i oh. don't want to see neil armstrong in a bra no i don't know he is an american hero so um i'm gonna start with a question julia oh man how many apollo missions do you think were planned planned well i know they got to 13 because there's a movie yep with that name uh i'm gonna say 15 it was 20 20 yes 20 were planned only 17 were actually completed wow and um apollo 18 19 and 20 were all canceled because of budget cuts oh and um i know which is sad and we haven't been back to the moon since like since, we have not been to since the moon. which year since um ooh, let me check them it's in the back it's in the back of my thing it's 1972 1972. So in like four years, we went to the moon 12 times. Yep. Wow. Or no, 12 men walked on the moon. 12 men walked on the moon, but 24 have been on the moon. Well, been in space. Wow. Through the Apollo program. Apollo 1, we'll start with that. February 21st, 1967. Apollo 1 was the first planned manned Apollo project. Okay. Um, There in the Apollo missions, there were three men in the capsule. There was the commander. There was the senior pilot or the CM pilot and the regular ass pilot, the LM pilot. I'm sure those two things mean something, but I did not look so it up. Not I'm so sorry. Butcher the baker, the candlestick maker. Nope. They all had really, important really names. good, important stuff. Okay. Yep. So these three people were Gus Grissom, Edward White, and Roger Chaffee. Apollo one never launched on January 27th, 1967, a fire erupted in the Apollo command module during a test on the launch pad. It destroyed the module and killed the astronauts inside. Um, part of the reason that that happened, and this is really awful, uh, they used, NASA used pure oxygen in the cabin and, uh, faulty electrical wiring set off the blaze and the doors opened inwards and they were difficult to release the catch and it trapped the men inside and they burned to death. Oh, they probably suffocated first. They probably suffocated first, but that's, oh God, that's not a, that's That's a small comfort. So Apollo Two and three never existed. <gasps> never existed. Yeah. So we just went right to four? We went right one, to four. Four. Yep, one to four. So uh, they there was some talk of two and three being the two unmanned like test missions prior to Apollo 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had not come up with the Apollo name yet. So they're thinking about retroactively um, calling those two missions Apollo 2 and so 3. So these were just like on the schedule already. Yes, they had already been done by the time okay. they started, like l- when they launched the Apollo as is named missions. Okay, so so Apollo two and three didn't exist. Apollo four, five, and six were all unmanned. Okay, so the next manned Apollo mission mm-hmm. was Apollo seven. Okay, and that um, 
was three, the three astronauts in there were Wally Shira, Don Izelli or Izel and Walter Cunningham. Um, this involved the test flight of the block two CSM in earth orbit or the module in earth orbit. Mm. It was the first manned Apollo flight and the first manned flight of the Saturn IB, which was the, the rocket that like took them up there. So it was the first man. So Apollo one was the first like planned manned mission. Apollo seven was the actual first manned mission. Wow. It, um, it was the, uh, it included the first live TV broadcast from an American spacecraft. So Whoa. here's the thing. Unclear. NASA's <laughs> told me one thing. Wikipedia <laughs> told me another. A third like source told me a completely mm. separate thing. So I don't know which one was the live TV broadcast, like the first live okay. TV broadcast. But it began in October 1968. It entered low Earth orbit to conduct a shakedown of the command and service module. So they were in flight for 11 days. And the three guys, Wally, Don, and Walter, made the first live television transmissions from inside a manned spacecraft. So maybe it was either way. Unclear. So um, build, uh, they did, they were on TV though. Sure. Whether it was the first or not, they did wow. do that. Build as coming, quote, from the lovely Apollo room, high atop everything. <laughs> oh. The broadcasts treated viewers to tours of the spacecraft, demonstrations of how meals were prepared in zero gravity. And plenty of wisecracks from the crew. The Wally Walton Don show proved to be a massive hit. Of course, they're in space. So not only were they given all these tasks that they had to keep themselves alive while in space Mm -hmm. and press the correct buttons, but they also gave them a broadcast camera and said, and said, go to town, guys. You need to fill this, fill this sucker up. And they had fun, apparently. They just were loving it. Um, and then after returning home, the astronauts were even given a special Emmy Award Aww, by the National Academy of that. Television That's Arts and cute. Sciences. Um, however, while they were... So the NASA website is great. You should just go in and look at... Because the details are intense. Mm. Like, granted, this was a historic moment right. in time. So obviously there's a ton of archival material about this and just like firsthand accounts and things. Mm-hmm. But they even... <laughs> They even go into the details of like their bathroom habits and like what they ate and all this stuff. So one of the interesting details that the NASA site said, Walter Cunningham uh, got a cold right away. He got the worst cold ever. Space cold. Space cold. Then Wally and Don got it right after. And they were, I wrote, got super bad colds and were grumpy AF. Because, (laughs) (laughs) Because, and this is interesting, in a zero gravity environment, you your mucus doesn't drain from your head oh so it just builds up in your sinuses and because the pressure differential is so great it just you have the worst sinus headache if this were the 19th century they would have just tried to (laughs) drill into your head exactly just to relieve the pressure yeah they couldn't even blow their noses because it would blow their eardrums out yeah it's awful so 11 days where they're just sick to death in a tiny capsule on 1960s technology (laughs) It's amazing they survived. So, um, so then very quickly afterwards, so this was October 1968. Apollo 8 was uh, December 1968. Okay. And this was wow, frank. I know it was very quick. Well, they were, it was the space race. Mm. They were trying to beat the Russians. Very important. Um, so the three uh, man, men in Apollo 8 were Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, remember ah, that Jim. name? And William Anders. So um, this was the... 
first manned circumlunar flight. So they did 10 orbits around the moon in 20 hours. Wow. Um, they were the first humans to see the far side of the moon and the earth rise over the lunar horizon with their own eyes. Isn't that so fling and flang and cool? <laughs> like that blows <laughs> my mind. I personally am terrified of space, as you know. Yes. It's vast. It's dark. It's cold. You could not get me out there. I would rather die. I would rather. Well, you would probably. I would die. Absolutely. But even with the highest of technologies, I would rather lie in the street. Forget it. The good Lord did not give me two legs and a working pair of lungs for me to be shot into space. So FYI. NASA, if you're trying to offer her a job, forget she it. She is not going to accept No it, amount okay? of money. I will not be bought, NASA. NASA, so. I can be bought. <laughs> Julia will go in, in my place. So um, also, again, in the Apollo 8, live television pictures were broadcast to Earth. You know that famous Earthrise photo where you oh, can yes. see that's from mm-hmm. Apollo 8. Lots of motivational 8. posters yes, from that exactly. image. Um, so the crew of Apollo 8 sent the live televised pictures of the Earth and the moon back to Earth. And then they, because it was December, they read from the creation story in the book of Genesis on Christmas Eve in 1968. Wow. An estimated one quarter of the population of the world saw either live or delayed the Christmas Eve transmission during the ninth orbit of the moon. Oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? That's crazy. That I can't amazing? imagine anything that we that would, would be that watch. big. I mean, other than like Pitbull on New Year's Eve. I know. Maybe, well, but so few things compared to Pitbull on New Year's Eve. So Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> he is Mr. Worldwide. You're right. Pitbull, hero of the world. Um, so Apollo 9, March 1969. Not four months later. Okay. Three guys, James McDivitt, David Scott, Rusty Schweikert. Rusty is a good name. So Apollo 9 conducted uh, the first flight test of the lunar module. So that's the, the little module that clicks that off. Detached, yeah. yeah. And comes down to the moon. But okay. they did not go to the moon. They were just demonstrating it, like making sure it worked and stuff. Do you think they were like mad that they didn't get to To get like off. on the moon? Yeah. Like I don't so know. close. <laughs> like, ah. Like, ah, but those next guys get to do it. That's true. But um, so the thing is, apparently they were on like a rotating schedule. Uh-huh. So there were like crews of three guys and every guy who had gone into space got the opportunity to man their the next okay. crew like in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So they never really knew what was happening next. And also uh, the stuff was happening so fast okay. that um, there wasn't a lot of time to like, like, boys, you're up. Yeah, and then, and then they were like, all right, boss, I guess. I don't know. They're all like, like hard-boiled detectives. Um, yeah, and this stuff was happening so quickly, and there were a lot of things planned, but only certain things got executed. So mm. it was one of those things. But they were very competitive. Okay. I remember watching a documentary. I think it was From the Earth to the Moon, where they had interviews with a lot of these astronauts, and they were like, oh, yeah, we were super competitive. Like, all of us wanted to go to the moon. Like, oh. these guys were ready and raring to go. They were not like me. They all wanted to go to space. <laughs> which is why they went and not me. Um, so um, so this is the first instance of what's called an EVA or an extravehicular activity. I remember seeing that word in the book, The Martian, that oh, was yeah. made into a movie. A great movie. Starring Matt Damon. Matt Damon. That's where all of my space knowledge comes from, folks. A uh, fiction book about a guy who has to live on Mars by well, himself. That's interesting you would say that because Steve has told me and Steve has, not to brag on my 
I'm a man. But Steve has told me from people from NASA that a lot of that, the science in that book is either absolutely 100% true or will be true in like wow. very few years. So great. Which is also very cool. Good. So you so learn it's really a great resource. It's a great resource. Everyone watch it and read it. Um, okay, so now we're up to... Sorry, they're at, they have an EVA. They had, they had an EVA. They tested the portable life support system. So like the packs and things. Um, so Apollo 10, uh, this was Tom Stafford, John Young, and Eugene Cernan, or Gene Cernan. Hmm. Um, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. But Apollo 10 was the dress rehearsal for the lunar landing. Like this was, let's make sure everything's working. And then next one is... Showtime. So they flew the lunar module around the moon. They descended like close to the surface, but didn't land. And apparently, according to Wikipedia, this was the first live color TV transmission. Oh. Yeah. So that's From space. From space. Wow. Yes. So here we go. Apollo 11. Apollo 11. Everyone knows it. Three guys. What are their names? Their names are Buzz Aldrin. Very good. Neil Armstrong. Yep. And who's that third guy? Is it Jim? No. Gus? No. <laughs> Not, uh, nope. No one from... Michael. Michael? Collins. Michael Collins. Collins. Ah. Sorry. I could have got there. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. So this was July 16th, 1969. My dad remembers watching it. He was a child. <laughs> the Apollo 11 lunar module performed the first manned landing on the moon in the Sea of Tranquility. Oh, Again, poetic names. That's true, yeah. Um, they had a lot of navigation errors. There were some computer alarms, but they managed to land. So Armstrong and Aldrin performed a single EVA in the direct vicinity of the lunar module. So they just kind of mm-hmm. walked around the lunar module. An estimated one-fifth of the population of the world watched the live, tra- live transmission of the Apollo 11. If you think it's real. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think we don't faked it. Don't stoke those fires, Julia. Got a lot of conspiracy theorists <laughs> listening to our podcast. I wanted to keep them, <laughs> no, uh, right? keep them happy. So Armstrong and Aldrin spent over 21 hours on the moon surface. I did not wow. realize this. They did s- they eat anything? They did. They had rations and they slept on the moon. Isn't that so sweet? That's a great, that's a that's great a, story. Right? I think, I mean, anybody could walk on the moon. And <laughs> sleeping on the moon. And they had a full night's sleep. They had like 10 hours. Wow. I mean, well, it's exhausting so getting there. Michael Collins still in the yep, still in the lunar machine. module. Did not get to get Didn't out. Didn't get to get out. No, and he never did actually. He just went there. I That's wonder why he... we can't remember his name. <laughs> oh, poor poor guy. Okay, so historic moment. Everybody goes crazy. Literally, everyone in the world. Apollo twelve. They so beat the, the Russians. They beat the Russians. Everyone's excited. So, but Apollo continues. The missions. The mission does not stop. We got to learn more. We got to learn more. So November 14th, 1969, you got Pete Conrad, you got Richard Gordon, and you have Alan Bean, which is Alan a great name. Bean. Isn't that cute? It's an accountant. Apollo 12. So the um, Apollo 12 was struck by lightning twice during launch. Oh. And they actually briefly lost fuel cells and telemetry, whatever that is. And, I think um, that's like navigational. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. See, I should have looked that up. This was a lazy research on me. So um, it performed, Apollo 12 performed the first precise manned landing on the moon in the ocean of storms. So they 
so they got struck by lightning while on the launch pad. Well, while they were like, while oh, they were while like they were shooting go- up. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. They almost aborted, but apparently, um, they, one of the guys was like, oh, I remember how to do this manually and was like, click, 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 click. And then like, click, 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 turned it all back on and then just reset the whole thing. And they kept going. Isn't oh that crazy? Oh, man, just ice in their veins. So, um, so this was the first controlled lunar module ascent stage impact after jettison. The lunar TV camera was damaged after <laughs> accidental exposure to the sun. <laughs> accidental, like, uh-oh. <laughs> We left the camera outside. We at the sun. Yeah, I guess so. Well, there's no atmosphere on the moon, so all of the um, the rays, like the oh. the scary, yeah, okay, sun rays, nuclear. Sun. That's what I'm looking for. Wow. Yeah, very scary rays. So, Apollo 13. That's, Here we go. And and folks, if you haven't seen that film, I haven't seen it. I know. I did research on this, and I haven't even seen the movie. I know. The the touchstone film that most of the American population today uses as their basis of knowledge for this program. For this program, yeah. Just the entire thing. And I just haven't seen it. I know. And you know what? I love Tom Hanks, but regardless. So, three people on Apollo 13. Jim Lovell. Good old Jim. Good old Jim. Jack Swigert and Fred Hayes. This was April 11th, 1970. So they intended to land Apollo 13 on at Fra Maro. I think that's a region. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, aborted after an S, uh, SM oxygen tank exploded <gasps> on the trip to the moon, causing the landing to be canceled. And then the lunar module was used uh, as crew lifeboat for lifeboat for a single loop around the moon and safe return to Earth. So they like slingshotted themselves wow. around the moon. Wow. So um, here's an interesting little tidbit. During the first two days, the crew ran into a couple of minor surprises, but generally Apollo 13 was looking like the smoothest flight of the program. At 46 hours, 43 minutes, Joe Kerwin, the capsule communicator on duty, said, quote, the spacecraft is in real good shape as far as we are concerned. We're bored to tears down here. And this is my favorite line of like all my research. It was the last time anyone would mention boredom for a long time. (gasps) I know, right? It's awful. Oh, the other thing I wrote down here, coolest patatch. So um, mm. all of the Apollo missions got patches. They had like a patches special. designed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that were designed. So like, for example, Apollo 1 was a, um, a tribute to the men who died. Mm. So Apollo 13 had the coolest patch in that it's like three golden horses looping Ooh. around the moon and like galloping towards the earth. It's so wow. cool. It's very 1970s and super righteous. So, Apollo 14, Alan Shepard, Stuart Rusa, and Edgar, Edgar Mitchell. That is January 31st, 1971. This one was perfectly fine. They, la- <laughs> they landed successful at eh. Morrow. It was the first material science experiments in space. They took samples of rocks wow. and dust and things. So, when you go to the uh, Smithsonian uh, Air and Space Museum mm-hmm. and you touch the moon rock, that's from them? Um, I don't know if that particular one is from them, but it's, it's definitely not a from real the Apollo one program. display. Everybody, is it? Okay. I bet it's not because <laughs> all these children have touched it. Have touched it. It's very. They're very robust, from what I remember uh, hearing about moon rocks. Um, so they had two EVAs, and um, actually, Alan Shepard performed a golf shot on the moon. There's like a, oh. a video of that. I'm sure you've seen it. So Apollo 15. This one's an interesting one. This okay. was July 26, 1971. 
Uh, again, this is uh, the Apollo missions were pretty quick, but um, from January to July this time. So there's a little bit of time in between. Mm-hmm. This was David Scott, Alfred Warden, and James Irwin. And uh, they landed at Headley Apennine. And they stayed for three days on the moon. And they did like extensive geology. Weekend trip. <laughs> Long weekend. They did extensive geology investigations. And it was the first use of the lunar roving, roving vehicle. So a little mm-hmm. like car that they drove around. Um, they drove 17.25 miles. Um, and they did three lunar surface EVAs. And they did a deep space EVA on return because they wanted to retrieve the orbital camera film oh. from outside. So there is a lot of detritus on the moon left from um, all the people who were on it. Mm -hmm. But one of the most interesting pieces that was left purposefully was an aluminum sculpture designed by a Belgian artist, uh, Paul Van Hoydunk. And it was secretly left on the moon in August of 1971 by David Scott, the Apollo 15 commander. Mm -hmm. It's called Fallen Astronaut. And uh, Scott believed that the minimalist artwork should serve as a memorial to those who had died in the pursuit of space exploration. So he placed it alongside a plaque inscribed with the names of 14 lost American astronauts and Soviet cosmonauts. So did he like sneak it onto the moon? He stuck it into his suit with the plaque. (laughs) No one knew. No one at NASA knew. Wow. Um, And actually the smuggling of materials onto was like a thing and this is why this is also about dads because um a corned beef sandwich on rye was smuggled onto gemini 3 in 1965 by james young he stuck it in a spacesuit and he pulled it out while they were in orbit to share with his crewmate gus grissom who died in apollo one unfortunately um the sandwich was preserved in resin and is now in the gus grissom memorial museum in mitchell indiana however however in the account, I think there's some lies. Oh. There's some space lies, mm-hmm. Julia. Space lies. Because I saw a picture of the sandwich, and it is an it is whole. It is a full so whole sandwich. You didn't get to eat it, but eat Gus. Any of it. But Gr- Gus mm-hmm. Grissom said that he took a bite out of it, and the rye crumbs floated around the cabin, and he was like, "Whoa, that's gonna get in the." This is why they don't let us bring sandwiches. <laughs> so then they stuck it back in his suit. And you'd think that it would have been like a little beat up. So I don't think that's the real sandwich. Oh, replica I think they must have thrown it away. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So the plaque that was inscribed with the names of the 14 lost American astronauts and Soviet cosmonauts. Actually, there was 16. Mm -hmm. um, But two of the Soviet cosmonauts, because it was the Cold War, Mm -hmm. and because the space program in Russia was so secret. Right. They didn't know, like at the time, no one knew the names of those particular two. Mm -hmm. So there are two missing on that. Mm. so here we go almost done apollo 16 that was in that was on april 16th 1972 we had john young we have ken mattingly and charles duke that is a great astronaut name charles mattingly ken mattingly i know so um there was uh there was a brief malfunction it delayed the landing and uh it reduced their time in orbit they landed in the descartes highlands i know um, so there was three lunar EVAs and a deep space EVA and Charlie Duke left a photo on, of his family on the surface of the Aww. moon. Isn't that sweet? So now we get to the final Apollo mission okay. and the last time we, but they don't know that it's the final one. No, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because there were, there were Apollo 18, 19 and 20. They all had commanders and two pilots. They had mission dates. 
um, they were ready and raring to go. Mm-hmm. They were training and it just, they got canceled actually very soon after mm-hmm. they got canceled. Oh no, they got canceled prior to Apollo 17 oh, launching, okay. but still. So, um, final Apollo lunar mission landed at Taurus Latro. Um, and, uh, oh, so the three men in Apollo 17 were Eugene Siernan, Gene Siernan, Roger, Ronald Evans and Harrison Schmidt. And Schmidt was a geologist oh. and he was the first professional scientist to go on a NASA mission. Wow. So they had, this was a night launch. It was the first night launch. So there were three lunar EVAs and a deep space EVA. And um, as of 2017, it is the last manned space flight beyond low Earth orbit. So this is the last oh. time anyone has been beyond Earth orbit, wow. let alone on the moon. This was when they took that blue marble photo. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the blue marble photo and the Apollo program also affected environmental activism in the 1970s due to this Okay. F- to, to this mm. photo. Um, it was released during a surge in environmentalism and it became a symbol of the environmental movement um, as a depiction of Earth's frailty, vulnerability, and isolation amid the vast expanse of space. So Gene Siernan was the... Um, Subject of a documentary called The Last Man on the Moon, which is currently on Netflix. It's so good. One, handsome. So handsome. The man in in the documentary, he just died this past January. As a matter of fact, Gene went home to the moon. Um, He was so handsome even up until like the day he died, full head of hair. Just cheekbones, cut glass. Just so handsome. (laughs) Um, he wrote his daughter Tracy's name in the lunar dust. He wrote her name Aww. on the surface of the moon. Is that sweet? So, I mean, it's possible that he didn't. It's possible that he just told her that. Because <laughs> what? Someone's going to check on him? Well, apparently the the prevailing thing was that he, he carved her name into a rock on the moon. Wow. And when he was asked about it, he was like, no, I didn't do that. I just drew her name into them. <laughs> Um, into the dust um, but still like that's very sweet no. so here's so here's just a couple of extra things that um, I thought was interesting information so this is like super crazy um, the dur- throughout the Apollo lunar mission the crew members observed light flashes that penetrated closed eyelids so they would like even when their eyes were closed or when they were sleeping, they described them as streaks or specks of light. And it was usually observed by astronauts while the spacecraft was darkened during a sleep period. Hmm. Um, and they were not observed in the lunar surface. So they were like, what the hell is this? Um, so <laughs> the Apollo 17 crew conducted an experiment and which was also conducted on Apollo 16 because they wanted to see if they would link with cosmic rays which can also make you go blind. Um, so they uh, discovered that the flashes occurred when charged particles traveled through the retina of the eye. Ooh. So like cosmic rays are like penetrating their heads and flashing through their eyeballs. Ooh, and this co- this is why they think that, you know, going to Mars might not be a great idea because you could go blind from the cosmic rays because there's no, no. atmosphere to like, prevent you from being bombarded with cosmic rays and you're out there for like three months. And the other thing is, is that you lose all your fingernails be- because what? the gloves, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because the gloves, they're, they're so tight and they create such friction against your fingers and you have to wear them all the time. 
So they lose like finger, full fingernails. That's another reason why you wouldn't I be an astronaut. do not want to go to space. So um, last thing I wanted to say, Steve, I asked Steve if he would help me with the Apollo things and he's been busy at work. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote me this. He was like, he kept saying, I'm getting so teary, babe. Because <laughs> he loves space so much. So he said, the first thing I wrote was this. It was the most beautiful moment of humankind as 530 million people, fully 14.6% of the world's population at the time, came together and watched the television broadcast of two of their own step foot on another world for the first time. This may not happen again until we land on Mars. This may never happen again. I am openly teary thinking about this. <laughs> and he said, and my subject line was, plagues and pleasures of the sea of tranquility. Now, Aww. how... How, see, scientists have just hearts of poets. It's just so beautiful. Oh, the other interesting thing is, um, last last thing, Apollo 13, you know, the, the phrase is always, um, Houston, we have a problem. Mm, mm-hmm. Apparently what Jim Lovell actually said was, uh, Houston, we've had a problem up here. <laughs> Which is probably the understatement of the year. <laughs> um, and I really um, need to watch that movie. Guys? Um, guys? <laughs> guys <laughs> I don't want to bother you but um we're going to die in space. Oh. So. So, now I'm going to give you 10 questions Ooh. on um space and space related things. I don't have as cool titles as you do. I had a cool title for my presentation. Oh, so that's absolutely as good as I did. But I have 10 questions on space. Number 1. Ceres is a dwarf planet that lies between the orbits of which two planets in our solar system? Number two. What is the unit of length that is approximately 3.26 light years? Number three. What was the name of the first U.S. space station? Number four. Which 1970s rock song features the lyrics, quote, I miss the earth so much, I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space on such a timeless flight. Number five. Which movie star, who is himself a known space fanatic, has an asteroid named after him? Number six. What does the acronym NASA stand for? Number seven. What planet in our solar system has the most gravity? Number eight. What world country has had a space program since 1952, but as of 2017 has never sent a man or woman into space, although their astronauts have manned several other international space missions? Number nine. Curiosity is a car-sized rover that was launched by NASA in 2011 to explore which planet. And finally, number 10, the first music video ever shot in space was done in 2013 on the International Space Station. The singer and Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield covered what appropriate 1960s pop rock anthem. And I'll give you a minute to think.
And here are your answers. Ceres is a dwarf planet that lies between the orbits of which two planets in our solar system, Julia? Are they big planets? They are planets inherent in their definition is that they're big. Uh, Neptune and Saturn. Close. Mars and Jupiter. That's not close. (laughs) I was trying to be supportive. (laughs) No, you can say. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Maybe you'll get this next one. (laughs) What is the unit of length that is approximately 3.26 light years? Is it a parsec? It is a parsec. Julia, did you read through my paper? I did not. Okay. I was thinking uh, it was like a pulsar or a parsec. Oh, yeah. That's good. That was a good guess. Okay. What was the name of the first U.S. space station? Skylab. Yes, Skylab. Good job. You did mention it. Did I mention it? Okay, good. Thankfully. What 1970s rock song features the lyrics, I miss the earth so much, I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space on such a timeless flight. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Yeah, Rocket Man. Breaks me down, I get too fine. Man, I know. Yeah, no one can ever understand Elton John. Rocket Man. We are available for parties and bat mitzvahs. Number five, which movie star has an asteroid named after him? I don't know. Tom Hanks. Oh. His his asteroid is named 12818 Tom Hanks, 1996 GUB. I don't know what that means. That might mean something. Um, Julia, what does NASA stand for? <laughs> the National Aeronautics Space Administration. Very good. Very good. Um, what planet in our solar system has the most gravity? See, it could go either way, you know? Uh, <laughs> you tell me, Julia. Uh, I'm going to say Jupiter. Excellent. It's Jupiter. Great. Good job. Um, side note, I just discovered today that there is a, like a C-level celebrity that recently named their baby Gravity. Stop it. I'm That's not kidding. terrible. It's a terrible name. Her name is Gravity. I mean, it sounds like it would be a girl's name, I guess. But that's... You can make a lot of jokes from it, I guess. She's That's as heavy as gravity. <laughs> She's as dense as gravity. I don't know. They're waves. I trust her as far as I can throw her. Yeah. Oh, that's good, actually. All right. Um, okay. What first world country has had a space program since 1952, but has never sent a man or woman into space? But they have led... But they have... They have... They have had astronauts that have gone to space. They have just never sent them through their oh. existing space program. Italy. Britain. Britain. Which Aww. is apparently like the laughing stock of the country. Aww. I know. It's very sad. I mean, they, you know, they, they don't try have to be any, like us. like room to launch a. I know. Like space is at a premium over there. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I mean, maybe one day, right? <laughs> so Curiosity is a car-sized rover that was launched by NASA in 2011 to explore what planet? Mars. Mars. Very the good. Answer is Mars. Very good. Okay. Number 10. I was very proud of this question because I made it up myself. You no. should make all your trivia questions up no, yourself. No, I did, but I mean, it, Julia, like I, I fashioned it out of whole cloth. Um, but the, the information's true. So first music, music video ever shot in space. Um, Chris Hadfield covered what appropriate 1960s pop rock anthem? I don't know. It was Space Oddity by David Bowie. Oh. Which is kind of inappropriate because that's... Uh, that's a song about a man who literally just unhooks himself and just floats out into space and is like, I'm going home, baby. Oh, man. Yeah, Ziggy, you, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust, time. yeah. But, you know, Earth controlled a major Tom. 
Is that the same? Is that that song? Yeah, that's the song. Oh, okay. So there's two songs. There's Ziggy Stardust, I think, is the name of the song. And also his. Oh, maybe not. All right. Major Tom. Well, so there's the the character of Major Tom. (laughs) The character of Major Tom is like across like three or four songs. But Space Oddity is the one where he's like, give my wife my love. I'm going home. I'm going home. Oh, wow. He just like floats away. It's very hard. I gave myself chills. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) See, the reason why I gave myself chills is because I could never imagine what would go on in your mind where you would want to float freely into the vast, empty darkness, enveloping darkness of space. I think what scares me the most about it, you know, it's really the unknown. (laughs) Like, how do they know that you're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. No, I. this is why I don't like the sea either. It's just right. vast. It's dark. It's cold. You don't know what's down there. It's not your natural habitat. No. Why would you want to do that? I'm just a big chicken. I'm a big old baby. So I was born in the right place. Earth. 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 <laughs> well, thank you for listening to me ramble on about the oh, Apollo no, missions. Oh, no. So many exciting facts. And it is. These are all good things to know because space stuff comes up at trivia a lot all the time and if lauren's fiance steven isn't with us we make a have a stab in the dark uh we get it right sometimes but it's yeah you got to keep track of all those missions and, and all those uh, numbers all the, and all the numbers and, and all the men yeah, a lot of men you know what we should we should get a woman on the moon that's yeah. what we need to do hell yeah let's get a lady on the let's moon let's start a kickstarter okay it won't be me. I won't do it. You can go. <laughs> How much could it cost? You know? I mean, it was $98 billion originally. We could probably get half that. All right. <laughs> Great. That's a, it's a good goal. Great. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Misinformation. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.